You've reached the Every Little Thing helpline. Please leave a swift message after the tone. Hello, ELT gang. Tara calling from Southern Indiana. My boyfriend and I uh, have long been having a debate over a bird, or more precisely, a bunch of birds. Every night at dusk, a ton of birds fly down his chimney, and they leave every morning at dawn. He thinks there are close to a 1,000, and I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration. What are these birds, and how many can truly be in there? Hello? Hi, Tara. This is Jorge Just. Hey, Jorge. I've been asked to guest host again, but don't worry. Flora will be back soon. <laughs> well, you've been a, a, a super fill-in. A super villain. I love it. No, fill-in. Oh. Fill-in. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm going for at all. <laughs> so uh, where am I reaching you right now? I'm at my office in um, Huntingburg, Indiana. Huntingburg? Yes, it's a tiny little area. Yeah, what's it? What's it like there? Nonstop party. Mm-hmm. If you like um, corn and soybeans, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty uh, laid back Southern Hoosier. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So, like, what sparked off the call to the hotline? Um. I'm going to be quite honest with you, uh, probably a couple of cocktails <laughs> and <laughs> and us uh, being outside as the birds were coming in to roost for the night. Yeah. So tell me about these birds. How often would you say you watch them? Um, probably at least three times a week, probably, that we're usually outside. Mm-hmm. Because my boyfriend, Brian, he has a garage out back, uh, like a party garage. Oh, it's a party garage. Uh, where you drink and play cards. And then we have a kitchen back there. So whenever we do cookouts, we eat back there with everybody. And so fun. It is fun. It's really, it is really nice. So we are back there a lot with, um, you know, a few friends. And every evening, like at dusk, what happens is the birds come towards our house. And I think they look like bats almost, actually. But they're birds. I know they're birds. They're not bats. And then they'll slowly start to go around the chimney, like a whirlpool. It gets closer and closer and closer, and then they go down one at a time. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, um, I'm going to try and picture it. Tell me if any of these are close. Does it look like Bedtime at Vampire Ranch? That one's cute. Uh, it looks like your house is snorting birds out of the sky. Oh, no, that one's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> or it looks like all the witches in Indiana coming home to reconstitute in your chimney. I would just even say Dubois County, more likely. <laughs> There's a lot of So what do you want to know about these birds? So all of my questions. First, I want to know, what are these birds? Uh-huh. And then, um, <laughs> let's see, I also want to know, how are they in there? Are they hanging off the side of the brooks? Or do they have like little nests? And how many of them can fit in a chimney? You know, is his chimney going to fall over one day because there's so many of those stinkers packed in there? Uh Uh-huh. That house is like 150 years old. It doesn't need any help falling over. You don't want the chimney falling on the party garage. No, no, no. (laughs) If you had to guess, how many birds would you say are in there? It's an obscene amount. It does seem that way, at least. Um, Though my boyfriend thinks there's way more than I think there are. He really thinks like it's a thousand plus, and I think there's no bloody way. Well, we're going to find out. Because we found someone who knows all about this word. Yeah? I want to introduce you to Dr. Margaret Rubega. Hi, Tara. Hi, Margaret. She's the Connecticut State Ornithologist. If you can believe it, 
God, your puns are horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret, I have to come clean here. I've never spoken to a state ornithologist before. (laughs) Well, I would have been surprised if you had. We're a little thin on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Margaret was able to clear up your first question right away. You know, about the idea of the birdie. The bird you're looking at is a chimney swift. Swift, ah. There's a lot of argument that they should have been named tree swifts because before Europeans arrived in North America, swifts roosted and nested inside hollow dead trees. But when Europeans started cutting down all the really big trees, the birds moved right into chimneys. Ah. And this is what's happening when they're popping into those chim chimneys. If you're watching them, it actually looks like they're going in headfirst. You see them like streak towards, down towards the chimney. um, And then you see their wings fold back. They sort of change shape. And what they're actually doing is at the last moment, they flip head up and kind of helicopter down into the chimney tail first. What? I thought they were going in headfirst. I didn't know that they were like flipping 180 degrees. Yeah, totally. But you only see it in the warmer months because chimney swifts are migratory. But when they are around, then they're flying, right? When they're in flight, Margaret says, you can identify them by their body shape. All the field guides refer to chimney swifts as looking like flying cigars. And that's because they're pointy at both ends, right? The head end is pointy and the tail end is also pointy. I I guess I don't think of cigars as being pointy. It depends on the cigar, I I guess, right? They're, They're a... They look kind of like a hand roll, uh, actually. If it comes right down to it. Twisted shut at both ends, a little pudgy in the middle. <laughs> so that's one way you can identify them is by that body shape. Mm-hmm. But if you manage to get close to one, you can also identify it by its, you could say, distinctive face. The eyes are enormous for the size of their head. If, if your eyes were sort of the equivalent size, you would have softball-sized eyes. What? And the beak is very tiny but their jaws reach way, way back on their face. So their open mouth reaches to under their eyeballs. So they really have kind of a catcher's mitt for a mouth. Oh, they aren't cute at all. Yeah, they are not easy to look at. Um, and, they're, and they're even harder to study. Every time a researcher decides to study chimney swifts, eventually they, they write something that talks about how, how hard they are to study. Oh. Why? Well, a, a big reason is that you don't see them standing around like other birds. Mm-hmm. They have these weird little feet uh, that are like grappling hooks, so they can hang on vertical surfaces, mm-hmm. like the inside of your chimney. I is making more sense. Right? But what they can't do is perch on top of stuff. Oh. So they don't land on trees, and they don't land on houses or railings where you might be able to look at them. When they're out of their chimney, they're just in flight. And you can try and watch them while they're in flight, but they fly really fast. And, you know, when they're actually not in flight, they're inside a chimney. <laughs> so, <laughs> so swifts are, they're very hard to study. So historically, most ornithologists didn't even bother. And so these birds, like the birds that were closest to us, were also the most mysterious. And they might still be if a certain researcher hadn't come along with a new approach. 
Yes, her name was Althea Sherman. Althea, all right. She was a serious ornithologist who did seminal work by studying the birds who were in her yard. Althea Sherman was a total badass. She lived in Iowa, which I'm told is the Indiana of the West. Uh. (laughs) She was born in the 1850s. She went to college, which, rare enough, right, for a woman from rural Iowa around the time of the Civil War. Yeah. She was trained as an artist and an art teacher. But then, at age 50, she made a mid-career pivot and became an ornithologist. Wow. I got, I got something I could work towards. Yeah. It's only, I'm only middle age, for heaven's sakes. I got time. You totally have time to do it. Sweet. Oh, I feel so much younger and better. Okay, continue. So, Althea published scientific papers about bird behavior, and she joined the most prominent ornithological societies of her day. And what's kind of amazing is that she did all this at a time when bird research was basically just one big scientific cigar-shaped sausage fest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She was a chick. Surrounded by peckers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's just acknowledge that the early history of ornithology was certainly dominated by men. But uh, there are always individuals who will not be told no. <laughs> She's my kind of lady. (laughs) So in terms of ornithology, there's one crucial difference between how Althea studied birds and how her other mostly dude colleagues studied them. This was before binoculars were widely available to anyone. So the easiest way to study birds was to shoot them so that you could get your hands on them. But she didn't want to kill them, and she decided that she would accommodate herself to the birds instead. That's my Kylie, for sure. So, like you, Althea had lots of questions about chimney swifts. But she had no easy way to get answers. I mean, how the H-E double duck feet do you do a life study on a bird that spends most of its time either flying or hiding out in the cloaca of darkness inside a chimney? She's got the answer. I don't know how she came up with it, but I'm ready she decided to build a fake chimney. Oh, duh, that's smart. (laughs) Yeah, she just built a 28-foot-tall tower, I guess you'd call it. It was a structure that had kind of an internal staircase, and in the center was a chimney to attract chimney swifts so that she could watch them through these small windows. Oh! Basically, it was an ant farm, but for flying cigars. Well, that was smart of her. I wouldn't have thought about that. I mean, you wouldn't have thought about it, I wouldn't have thought about it, and every scientist before her hadn't thought about it. Oh, yeah. It took her. Yeah. She did not let the fact that chimneys were generally not built with windows in them stop her. She decided what it was that she needed to know, and she got on with it. I mean, I think I think the place where I feel kinship with Elthea Sherman is that... If you want the answer, you have to accommodate yourself to the bird. And if if you don't have the means to accommodate yourself to the bird, then you're going to have to come up with a creative way to crack the case. That's how we make progress. People step back and look at the problem a different way and say, well, why can't I just build a chimney that doesn't have a building attached to it? Right. You have to have an odd personality to, to do this for a living. <laughs> We're freaks, Jorge. We're just freaks. Oh, I love her. I love her. So, Tara. 
Would you like to hear what Althea discovered while spying on flying cigars in her fake Jim Jim Cheru? Yes, sir. Please. Well, we'll find out right after the speak. Oh, yeah, there it is again. One of those wonderful puns. <laughs> Okay, when we left off, we were talking about Althea Sherman's ant farm for birds. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what it looked like. It's nine feet in diameter. It's 28 feet tall. um, So you can walk right inside. And it's got four different floors with peepholes and even a window that juts into the chimney. So Althea could stick her head in and get a 360 degree view of what the Swifts were doing. Oh, I don't know if I would have done that. (laughs) She was brave. (laughs) Sounds like a fear factor thing to do. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it seems like Althea loved it because she studied Swifts there for 18 years. Wow. And in that time, she wrote up more than 400 pages of detailed notes about what those birds were getting up to, which might be the most extensive study of these smokestack squatters that anybody's ever done. She's going to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you asked about whether chimney swifts have nests. Mm -hmm. We found some info about that in one of her journals. Oh. Going to send you an entry. Mm -hmm. Oh, here we go. Can you read it for us? Yes. And uh, we'll help you set the mood. June 2nd, 1927. Raining. Temperature stands at 51 degrees. About 4.30 p.m., I heard a swift enter chimney, but for nearly five minutes did not go to look at, at it through peephole, but it was sitting on east edge of nest holding in its bill a stick about one and a half to two inches long. The swift deposited the stick on west edge of nest up near the wall. Then for fully five minutes, the bird worked its bill back and forth with motion similar to that of a person's working putty or a cake frosting into a crack with his finger and doing a thorough job of it. (laughs) As the swift worked, the edge of the nest grew to look wet and shiny. As soon as the bird left, I opened the door, touched the edge of the nest, and it was wet and shiny. I think that from 12 to 20 drops of fluid glue had been poured on it. What? (laughs) What do you think? Um... Yeah, uh, so where's that coming from? (laughs) You know, I've heard a lot about birds and what weird things come out of different ends. Use your troubled heart. Uh, It turns out chimney swifts build their nests by gluing sticks to the wall with their own spit. It's saliva. It is saliva. Wow. So there are some in there then. Like if I look in the chimney, will I see some nests? Margaret says probably not. Because it's one nest per chimney and that's all. So if a pair of chimney swifts establishes a nest, they chase everybody else out, essentially. They treat it like their home turf, and they don't, they don't let anybody else roost in it. Mm. So they use one chimney when they're hanging out in groups, but when they go to lay eggs, they'll find another chimney, like the, the private family chimney, before they go to the party chimney. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be ours, of, of course. course. right? Yeah, they, <laughs> birds of a feather. Okay, so Tara, there's still one important question of yours that we haven't answered yet. Yeah. And that question is, how many chimney swifts can fit in a chimney? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You and your boyfriend have a debate about this? He always says, there's got to be a thousand in there, and, and I think he's, you know, 
full of crap. <laughs> okay, well, Tara, we have an answer for you. Ooh, yeah. And the answer is, depends on the chimney. Oh, <laughs> smart ass. <laughs> Probably not even the first time I've been called that today. <laughs> All right. Well, Margaret did give us a few more details. Uh, you know, how how deep the chimney is matters with respect to how many birds are likely to use it. Um, the biggest groups that I've heard about occupying chimneys is thousands of birds. 3,000 birds a night is a, a not unheard of size of a roost. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that. Uh-uh. So, I mean, it's possible your boyfriend's right. There could be a thousand swifts in his chimney. Damn it. <laughs> oh, cutting this part out. <laughs> well, maybe this will make you feel better. What they're doing in there is pretty cute. Ah, uh, yes. When they fly in, and we know this from Althea's work and also from cameras, the first bird picks a spot that it likes on the wall and then settles down and hangs there. We'll call that Chimney Swift A. When Chimney Swift B flies in, it picks a spot basically right next to Chimney Swift A. Oh. And then Chimney Swift C and D and E fly in, and they all do the same thing. And then they edge over till they're right up next to them, and then they'll open, they'll open the wing that's closest to the bird they're next to and lay it over the back of the bird next to them. Uh-huh. And as they fill the chimney, all the birds budge up next to each other so that when the chimney is full, it's an unbroken surface all the way around. It's just a giant chimney swift cuddle? It's a giant chimney swift cuddle. Oh, that's sweet and really weird, too, at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I had the same reaction, right? Like, can you imagine if humans did this? Like... You get your seat on the bus, and then slowly people just come sit down next to you one at a time and put their arm around each other. Be really nasty. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you would be very, very warm. If you're a chimney swift, heat just bleeds out of you because you're so small. And so for all of them to huddle together that way helps every bird who who joins the huddle to kind of keep some of that body heat. All right. You need that buddy blanket. Yeah, you need the buddy blanket. So, Tara, what do you think? Are you ready to do your mid-career pivot, become a Indiana State ornithologist? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I will I will definitely look into it. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> Side hustle. I'm definitely going to watch him again, though. I'm I'm excited. Get some binoculars, get a little bit of the uh, Indiana State snack, which is popcorn. I looked it up. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What about the beverage? The Indiana State beverage is water. (laughs) That's because it's it's the main ingredient in all alcohol. That's why. (laughs) Okay, ELT listeners, you can say so long to the guest hosts because the best host is coming back soon. That's right. Flora will be back next month. And in the meantime, if you have a burning question you can't get off your mind, call us. The ELT helpline is open for business. Just call 833-RING-ELT. That number again? 833-RING-ELT. <laughs> simple to remember. I love it. And hey, I get it. Maybe you're stuck on the ISS or something and you can't make a phone call. Well, 
You can always record a voice memo and send it to ELT at GimletMedia.com. That'll work, too. Every Little Thing is produced by Jahi Whitehead, Hadley Robinson, Stephanie Werner, Phoebe Flanagan, Annette Heist, Jorge Just, and Flora Lichtman, with help from Nicole Pasulka and Doug Barron. Edited by Caitlin Kenny, scored by Dara Hirsch, So Wiley, Emma Munger, Jay Unger, and Bobby Lord. Mixed by Dara Hirsch. Special thanks to Barbara Boyle. Every Little Thing is a Gimlet production and a Spotify original podcast. Tuck me into your buddy blanket. Goodbye. Popcorn and water, that's blood, that's ridiculous. <laughs>